You are listening to the Black Sitcom History Podcast with Shannon and Summer, where we explore issues from episodes of the most popular and polarizing black television sitcoms from the 1970s and beyond. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Black Sitcom History. I am Summer. What's going on? I am Shannon. I would like to say congratulations to uh, my home basketball team, L.A. Lakers. Way to go. Even though I'm not a big sports fan, I want to still give a shout out to to our home team. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. I guess they, you know, went ahead and did it for for Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know, so they pulled c- it out, yeah. congratulations to them, even though the season was shortened. Um, you know, we didn't have the usual. I think they played like 81 games, uh, and they didn't play near 81 games. So anyway, congratulations to the Lakers. Welcome back, audience. Hopefully you have had a good week thus far. How's your week, Summer? Um, The week is going fine. It's going okay. Um, Last week went by pretty quick, mm-hmm. and I feel like this week might go by a little slower as it heats up a little bit. Cause I feel like it's just, when it gets hot, it's just the day drags on. I'm just hot yeah. all day. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It it's so far it's okay. It hasn't mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten gotten there yet to where I think it's gonna be um, later on in the week. In so, the week, yeah. yeah. Well, for you it's a little different because I I am at work in an AC environment and you're at home working so it is a little different um on the last episode we talked about the debate a little bit so i guess we can talk about the fly on the wall <laughs> or the fly the, on the, the head star, the star of the show <laughs> yeah the fly our, our friend the fly that was funny that yeah. was so funny i mean it was it was like you know it could happen to anyone but <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know flies are attracted to bs Boo-boo. so you know <laughs> so you know folks had a field right. day with that right. that was that was uh that was great just great yeah <laughs> and i think this debate went a little better as far as um respect wise and and actually able Slightly. to hear yeah. the answer to the questions even uh, though they didn't answer the questions a yeah. lot of times, which is like, can you answer the question? They really didn't, but I think... Thank you for all of that backstory, sir, ma'am. But answer the question at hand. Good grief. Yeah. Nobody care. Answer the question. <laughs> I think she was a little... She was a little too uh, timid and passive. I think she was being a little bit too polite at times. Well, I mean, and then she she would just have these little pauses too because she um, Kamala Harris tell, telling Vice President um, Pence that she you know it's it's her time to speak so she'd be quiet. I mean, you know, she can she can do things however she sees fit. But I would have just kept on talking. Like, mm-hmm. look, look, we just gonna be talking because mm-hmm. at some point the time is gonna run up, run out. And this um, lady over here, the moderator is going to be talking mm-hmm. over me, which is just so annoying. Like, why? Do, mm-hmm. I don't know why these people are on here talking every so every few seconds or so. The um, moderator is like, "Okay, thank you very much, mm-hmm. Vice President. Thank you very much." Da, 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 da. And it's mm-hmm. like nobody's nobody is listening to you at this. I mean, I'm not listening to you at this point, and. The the real funny part, I think the last time I, I thought, said I thought it was funny how people 
um, were really just analyzing the goofiness of the presidential debate. They were just so serious about analyzing what they were saying when they weren't really saying anything. Um, and this time around, I felt like every every side, well, not every side, both sides, <laughs> you know, your um, Biden, Harris supporters and your Trump Pence supporters, both sides just just said that their side won. Like, you know, folks were like, oh, Kamala Harris, she she decimated <laughs> Vice President Pence. And then you will hear the same thing on the other side, like, oh, like, yeah, he schooled her. Like he I'm like, one of y'all is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've never <laughs> Or really, you're just completely biased. You know? I really never paid attention to Pence until the debate. Like, I forgot we had a vice president because oh my he's, goodness. He's, he's not very, <laughs> he's not seen and outspoken. Well, I'm not going to say outspoken. He's just not seen a lot, you know. I see him enough. And out of sight, out of mind. And and to my BBD fans, Biv, Bev DeVoe. Bell Biv DeVoe? That too. Should <laughs> <laughs> I say Bev Mo? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as as they would say, don't trust a big booty and a smile. Never trust a big button and a smile. So so don't trust everything. Mm-hmm. Um, our vice president candidate is is saying. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, yeah, that too, babe. Is that what the fly was trying to tell us? Well, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. The, and the fly stayed there for, for like a, long a long time. time. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was the spray in his hair. And it didn't move. No. Or not. He was like, I'm here. I'm just chilling. It's just a good chilling. spot. It's a good spot it's to good. chill. Chilling. And you know what would have been funny? If another fly would have came and started humping that fly. You know how two oh. flies are stuck. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's enough about our election. Yeah, we've given we've yeah. given that more attention that it needed. Mm-hmm. Again, people who are supporters of the uh, Trump campaign are still supporters of his campaign, and um, folks who are supporters of the the Biden ticket are still supporters of the Biden ticket. That's how it is at the end of the day. Every mm-hmm. every side thinks their side won. And did a great job and schooled the other person and all this good stuff. And it's just like, okay, if that makes you feel good. All mm-hmm. right, cool. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, with that said, get out and vote. Send your ballot in or whatever. Um, everyone votes counts. Really? If they count them correctly. <laughs> <laughs> or if they count them at all. Have and, you ever seen Scandal? No, that was your show. But scandal. The whole premise of the of the show is that the guy got elected fraudulently. Like he, they tampered with the with the voting. So after seeing scandal come out, it's like I don't believe nothing. Like, mm mm. You know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. But yeah, as they say, because people will, you know, go for the throat if you don't get out and vote. So yeah, rock the vote. Mm I say do whatever, you know, at least at least uh, do some reading on what you're doing. Pay attention to these um, propositions that you're that you're voting for, um, how they would be implemented and what it's going to cost you. (laughs) 
Okay, there are some other things on my mind that I want to talk about, but let's talk about the Jeffersons. We're here to talk about the Jeffersons. And this episode, we're going to cover four episodes because we got to episode 23 and realized there was one more episode in uh, season two. So we decided to wrap season two up today with talking about the four episodes of the last four episodes of season two and i'm somewhat happy it happened this way only because you know what i'm about to say babe i our audience needs to let us know how they want us to do the other sitcoms that's all i have to say okay you know what i'm talking about if you don't know what he's talking about then you need to listen to the prior couple of episodes yeah so um yeah well this one um episode number 21 of season two is called george meets wittendale and um what is the date that this first aired shannon valentine's day 1976 february 14th 1976 George meets Wittendale, which is a pretty promising, um, seems like a promising title of a show, considering George has been trying to meet Mr. Wittendale uh, for the past, uh, what, 21, what's 21 plus 11 or 13? A lot. 34. Something like that. 30-something episodes. So, George meets Wittendale. So I'm going to read um, this summary from imdb.com written by Oliver Chu. Shout out to Oliver, Oliver Chu, whoever you are. Shout out to the homie. Um, George and Louise accepted an invitation to dinner with Harry Bentley and his sister. However, George realizes at the last minute he got invited to a party hosted by Mr. Wittendale. Therefore, he wants to blow off the engagement with Bentley and attend Wittendale's gathering instead yeah so so george is invited by mr bentley to meet his sister mr bentley's very excited about this um but like summer said it turns out that george didn't realize that he received an invitation Thank you, Alexa. <laughs> he he received the invitation for a dinner for to see or sorry, a dinner at Mr. Wittendale's apartment. Mm-hmm. He finds out because Helen and Tom come down dressed up and George is like, Hey, where are you guys going? Are you know, are you guys coming to dinner with us with, with Mr. Billings? No, we're going to Mr. Wittendale's dinner. Everyone was invited in the apartment building. George like, no, I wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it came in the mail. So he goes through his mail, and he ends up finding an invitation. <laughs> and he opens it, and like, oh no, this is my once in a lifetime opportunity to meet with Mister Wittendale without chasing him down. Actually, mm-hmm. so the, the the funny thing about it, Helen and Tom goes into to the restroom um 
I think she went to go fix her eyelashes, and yeah, he went in there to, I guess, to talk to her or whatever. And uh, Georgian, how did he end up in the bathroom with the three of them? He ended up in the bathroom because he actually didn't know that they were in the bathroom. So oh, uh, yeah. Mr. Bentley com- sh- yeah. comes and shows up mm-hmm. and he tries to hide from Mr. Bentley because he wants Louise to tell um, Bentley that they can't make it or that George can't make it because Louise is going to come. She's getting ready. She's done doing her nails, getting primped and ready to go out to dinner with Bentley and his, and his sister. So um, when... Mr. Bentley shows up and knocks at the door. That's when George goes into the bathroom. He goes into to the restroom, mm-hmm. and the three of them are in there. And Mr. Bentley realizes no no one is in the house, so he leaves. And uh, while George, he didn't just leave for no reason. He overheard George well, right. in the bathroom. Talking about going to Mr. B- uh, Mr. Wittendale's party instead of going out to dinner. You are correct. With uh, Harry. Right. You are mm. correct. Right. He he said that he didn't want to go. To his, to his dumb, dumb sister. sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't want to visit. Um, uh, not visit. He didn't want to meet Mr. Bentley's dumb sister. He'd rather go to Mr. Wittendale's dinner party mm-hmm. so he can get acquainted with him and, you know, maybe get that loan that he's looking for. We, you know what? We never really know why George wants to meet Mr. Wendell. I don't know if it's for a loan or to proposition him with a business idea or whatever. Anyway, so he's he rather goes to Mr. Wittendale's dinner and he wants to ditch Mr. Bentley, but he doesn't want to tell Mr. Bentley. He wants Louise to say to, to tell Mr. Bentley that um George won't be accompanying us, that, you know, I'll um, go alone. I, being Louise, will go with you to meet your sister or whatever. And later on, Mr. Billy leaves. He comes back and he he decides to tell George and Louise that he has decided to cancel the dinner arrangement that they have with his sister. Mm -hmm. And Louise is asking why. And he tells him, well, I'd rather my good friend, George, go ahead and meet Mr. Mr. Um, Wittendale so he can pick him his proposition or whatever he has as far as... Did he say all that? Well, yeah, he did, man. Because he was, he was acting like he didn't know that, that George even mentioned he was going to Mr. Wittendale's party. So I don't think he mentioned... Well, I have it written down. He, he realized how important it was for... But he didn't say that, though. Okay, what did he say? He just said why, he just said he wanted to go ahead and cancel it, and Louise pressure, pressured him and said, hey, you know, you know that this was something that was a big deal to you. You were excited mm-hmm. about going. He's like, oh, no, like, you know, no, no, no reason. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just going to cancel uh, for another time. And, you know, maybe the next time my sister's out here in several years, we can get together. Okay, it does eventually come out, though, yeah, that he was considering the Wittendales uh, party situation for George. Yes, for, yeah, he just want, he wanted to be a, a good friend and, and allow George to go ahead and go to the 
the dinner at Mr. Whittendale's instead of hanging out with Mr. Bentley and his sister. Does that sound about right? Mm, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. I mean, well, that's that's what it boils down to. I don't think he was trying to be a, a good friend, per se. I think he was just kind of disappointed in his feelings were hurt. <laughs> he called his, he said he didn't want to meet his dumb sister. So. So, so you, you, you feel that since his feelings was hurt, he'd rather just cancel the. Well, he knows that George is basically going to cancel on him anyway. He already knows that. He heard, he overheard George say, saying that he's going to cancel. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he realized that Louise was still going to go. You know, but instead of having to, and you know, Harry, he doesn't really like a whole lot of confrontation anyway. So I think he just wanted to, before he heard from George or anybody else, he wanted to go ahead and just say, oh, well, I've canceled it, canceled it. Yeah. for for no reason, you know, for yeah. no good reason at the last minute, I'm canceling it. Um, well, you, you know, Mr. Billy, yeah, like you said, he's not a confrontational type of guy he's he's a cheerful happy go lucky type person i guess he was just trying to like you said avoid them actually slamming the door in front of, in his face basically he just yeah. he just he just made it he, how can i put it he beat them to the punch right you know that way his it wouldn't seem like his feelings were hurt which which right, which, right. which they actually were hurt but he didn't want them to to see this or whatever. But Louise acknowledged that what he was doing was something that a, a true friend would do because he said it. And, Lu, you know, Louise kind of gave George the look. and like, hey, you know, look what he's trying to do for you. Why can't you do the same for him? Yeah. And, 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 and George like, hey, you know what? I, I, I see what you're doing. You know, um, and I'd rather have a friend like you than have a a friend, a business associate like Mr. Whittendale. Mm -hmm. So let's go to that dinner so we can meet your sister. (laughs) And guess what? That brings a smile to Mr. Millie's face. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those short episodes. It seemed like it took place all in one um one room <laughs> or two rooms, basically. <laughs> yeah, the, the living room and the bathroom. Bathroom, and that was pretty much pretty much it. Yeah. But um, a few things I got out of this is always check your mail. Because <laughs> 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 we have a habit, well, I have a habit of doing that. Um, getting the mail out the mailbox and leaving it in our mail, our mail, on our mail table. <laughs> Cause that's where it ends up on the table, leaving it on the table for weeks on end. And then I opened some mail that was important that I should have opened it when I gotten it. Now, uh, I missed out on something. Mm. Um, what else summer? Um, I couldn't tell what Bentley's. Okay. This is not what I got out of it. This oh, is yeah. a random thing. But I couldn't tell what Bentley's sister's name was. Was it Celia or Syria? Oh, <laughs> probably Syria. Yeah, that's what I heard at first. I'm mm-hmm. like, is he saying Syria? Mm-hmm. Like the country, Syria. Mm-hmm. 
to Celia, Syria, but I don't yeah. know. Anyways. And another thing is you never know who's listening to you. So you have to be careful on the words you say and the words you choose to say because George didn't know that Mr. Bentley was on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. And first of all, he said he called his sister dumb. He never met his sister. <laughs> um, right. And he wants to cancel the dinner to benefit him, benefit George. Um, so you you never know who's listening. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time, I was about 23, 24. I was still living at home with my moms and pops. And uh, I came home and I got on the phone and I was talking to somebody. And I was like, yeah, I'm so drunk and high right now. And when I looked up, my dad was standing right in front of me. I was like, where'd you come, where'd you come from, man? And all he did, he just shook his head and said, see, boy, you better be careful with all that drinking. He didn't say anything about me when I said I was high. He was like, you better stop all that drinking. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side note. But, yeah, you, you just got to be careful, you know, who you're telling your business too because you never know who's nearby listening if people ear hustling all the time um and you know what was worse nowadays your phone butt dialing people (laughs) and you can sit there and listen to a person's whole conversation (laughs) so be careful with that as well um but yeah just just you know be polite. Like like the old timers say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. And 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 George got a big mouth, so he he said what he was thinking. Plus Tom and Helen, we forgot how they got locked in the bathroom. They ended up breaking the doorknob. Yeah, yeah, they were stuck in the. They bathroom. were stuck in the bathroom. Yeah. The three of them were stuck in the bathroom, so they they um they were in there, and uh. That was hilarious. Trying them trying to get out out of the the bathroom itself, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I really like how Mr. Bentley felt that it was it was more important for George to meet Mr. Wendell than his sister. Yeah. I still don't have that takeaway, but oh, that's that's yeah. the way I'm. Yeah, that's what I. Saw yeah. in an episode. I don't think he thought it was more important, but you know, mm, well, he he knew he was going to get dumped anyway. <laughs> so, but um, is that like a breakup? I'm gonna break up with you before you break up with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see the 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 lottery commercial where? There's a boyfriend and girlfriend, and a guy's like, I got something I need to tell you. I got something I need to tell you. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, yeah, I need, it's something I need to tell you, too. I need to tell you, too. And he's like, you first. She's like, no, you first. He, You know you first. No, you first. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, I go first. And he said, uh, we need to break up. You know, I want to break up with you. Mm-hmm. And then he said, okay, what do you have to say? And she's like, I just won the lotto. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was funny. 
So, yeah. but yeah, this was a short, not a lot to the episode. No, I think that no, I think the thing that um, you know. I don't know if I got it, got, I didn't get this out of it, but George got this out of it because ultimately he decided to go out to dinner with um, Harry and his sister and he realized, you know, the importance of friends. And a lot of, a lot of uh, what George does is a, is a big old act, you know, he's, he wants to be important. He wants to rub elbows with important people like Mr. Whittendale um, and, you know, he thinks probably thinks he's the type of person that will that values that over friendship, but he actually does value friendship, and he was happy to um, be able to name you know at least one of his friends. Um, and that was a conversation that he and uh, the Willises had in the bathroom when they were stuck in the powder room that he doesn't have any friends, and he said, "Well, I actually do." He went to go tell him that yeah, I do have a friend. So I thought that was really a sweet part of, about this episode. Um, and they had a good time. And George didn't meet with Mr. Whittendale. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's one of those uh, dog chasing his tail. I think that'll be uh, more episodes to come like like that. Will we ever actually see Mr. Whittendale or see what he looks like? Uh, we don't know if Mr. Wendell's black or white, Hispanic, Asian, or what. Mm-hmm. Because we've only seen his assistant, mm-hmm. so we still don't know. But that might be one of those things that just linger on forever. <laughs> we might not ever see Mr. Wendell. Yeah. So, anyway, let's move on to the next episode, Summer. All right. The next episode is um, season two, episode 22. Um, that one is called Lionel's Problem. So everybody has a has a problem. Uh, a problem. Everybody got a problem. Yeah. Um, and let let me get into uh, a synopsis of well, this one. It aired February twenty first, nineteen seventy six. Lionel becomes drunk on his graduation day, fearing that he will not live up to his father's successful business or success in life. Yeah. So the this episode starts. This is the day of Lionel's graduation from college, and um, Ooh, first black, not first black, first <laughs> first Jefferson to first graduate, Jefferson graduate from college. From college. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he he comes home um, that morning from before his graduation. I thought it was after his graduation at, at first, but it was actually before his graduation before that um you know the family are at the house and um george is looking for a fancy bottle of of scotch that he had a 30 dollar bottle 30 dollar bottle of scotch yes and there's some other scotch there but he's you know he's fancy like that so he's celebrating he wants the 30 dollar bo- bottle of scotch so he leaves to go to the store to pick up Another bottle of scotch. No, but what, this, the bottle of scotch wasn't there. Well, yeah, the bottle of scotch wasn't when, there. When, All right, when, that's why when, he left to go get some more. When Florence, he asked Florence to make the drink with the $30 bottle, $30 bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to the, the bar cart and she tells him, well, there is no $30 bottle of scotch. There is no scotch here. The scotch is gone or whatever. So like someone said, 
George goes out to um, buy another bottle of scotch because he wants to celebrate his son graduating from from college. Right. So uh, he kind of questions the people around the house if they had had some had some. Um, Mother Jefferson is there. She's like, I don't drink that stuff. Um, and then, you know, nobody else knew what was going on except Jenny had a s- suspicious look on her face. <laughs> yeah, that one. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. scotch. Hmm. So anyways, um, George leaves and we see Lionel come back home and he is uh, clearly drunk. And now we're putting two and two together and, and understanding that Lionel has probably had this whole pint of uh, scotch for himself. And um, so when he gets home and he's drunk, uh, the family wants to conceal him being drunk from George before he gets back. Um, But nobody knows why, you know, he's he's like drunk like this before his graduation but Jenny Jenny does mention that Lionel had been doing a lot of drinking lately and she doesn't really understand why so before um George gets back you know they kind of usher Lionel to his room to hide him and they pretend that Lionel hasn't made it back home um George comes back with his his new $30 bottle of scotch and they kind of do this now the family does this whole uh moving Lionel around to different rooms and they finally they want to get him ready for the for the graduation they finally get um George out of the house by mother Jefferson claiming that she had left her camera at her house um and then uh of course, that was all false. So she she insists that George go all the way to her house to pick up her camera. Um, and that's what he does. Yeah. So now they're trying to figure out why is Lionel drinking? Uh, the, he wasn't drinking to celebrate. He was drinking to um, drown himself in some, um, I don't want to say disappointment, but what is the word? Not disappointment. He had some fears. Fears. That's yeah. the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Fears of being as successful as his father is. Um, he, you know, you have to. He want to live up to to George Jefferson's success. But the thing about it, and I, you know, it was a little weird to me because it it would be two different type of success. George Jefferson is a self-made successful businessman, whereas Lionel is going to actually be working for someone. Mm-hmm. You know, so the success, you can look at it two different ways. Um, Lionel's going, he can be successful as far as moving up in a corporate environment. Um, he might not ever own his own business, whereas George, you know, came from nothing. Now he's a businessman, owns several cleaners. So when you look at the success part about it, it's it's different in my eyes. That that had nothing to do with the with the show, but it was just something that that clearly 
came to it was brought to my attention. No, you know, I, I'm yeah, I about think it. it was. I think that's relevant though because I thought too when when Lionel mentions what the problem actually is, I'm like, I don't know how you can actually compare those two things because, like you said, one is being a a, a self made business owner, and the other one is you know he's an engineering job working for a firm, you know, that's, um, in Lionel's case is paying for him to go to get his master's degree. Um, so yeah, it was different. I didn't understand how he felt like he was necessarily competing or, um, had to live up to the same Mm -hmm. things that, that his father did. But well, let me say this, it could have been, Lionel could have been fearful that he just doesn't succeed at all. Mm-hmm. You know, his yeah, father. So his father's proud of him that he graduated from college, and with his new job, they're paying for him to get his master's degree. Now, if he doesn't su- succeed, he has let his father down, and you know, I can understand how letting one's father down how that can make you feel. You want to make your parents rather is the mother or father proud you know you 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 want to be successful in whatever you might do and i i think lionel was just more fearful of failing um i don't necessarily think he was trying to compare himself to be as successful as his father yeah but he just didn't want to fail his fail his father by not succeeding in the career field that he was in or going to and then he could have just been drinking just be scared period you know okay i'm graduating i'm going to um start a new venture in life mm-hmm. you know he just can't hold his liquor <laughs> you <laughs> <Or> know <that. laughs> and he he wants to get drunk on the day of his graduation you know um yeah. so i don't think he was trying to be as uh, mm, I don't think he was trying to be successful like his father. He just wanted to succeed in life, you know? So, and that's, I, I can contend to contend to that because, you know, I wanted to make my father proud. Whatever I did, I wanted to succeed in it. Not only for me, but to make my dad proud. And I, I can, I know I made him proud because he would always say, you know, I'm proud of you. You know, you you're doing well. You 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 grew up to be a man. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you follow my footsteps in certain things. You know, you're taking care of your your child. Um, you're married. You're taking care of your family. So those things alone, I was succeeding. You know, and by him telling me he's proud of me, it pushed me to to even do better. You know, um, follow his footsteps. So when when I say follow his footsteps, I'm not saying the type of career he has. I'm talking more so the type of man he had become and the type of man I will be one day. That's what that's when I, when I say follow footsteps. So Lionel does have big shoes to. Fulfill, but the shoes he are he's filling are are like the shoes that 
that no one has put their feet into yet. Right. It's just George has these shoes for him. Like, look, these shoes are for you. They're they're not actually my shoes, but you need to fill these with being successful in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that was another source of Lionel's um, fear as well, because he even mentioned that his dad had to work so hard to get where he is, um, and Lionel just hasn't had to work as hard. So there's a certain, like, lack of confidence that he has, like, well, maybe do I even have what it takes? Because I had it much easier than my my father had it. Will I even live up to expectations? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's difficult. I, I understand somewhat where Lionel is coming from. Um, you know, you're like the first person to be the first person in your, in your immediate family to, um, finish college and there's really no, you don't, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. You don't know what the path really looks like. Um, and unlike Lionel, I would say maybe our kids are maybe a little bit more like Lionel and that they just hadn't, haven't had to, to deal with, they, they've had more, what's the word I'm looking for? Privileges than maybe we did when we were growing up. Yeah. And they don't really necessarily have to work as hard in certain areas of their life, you know? So, you know, for, for our, our teenager, um, for her to get a job, I mean, it was the same for me too. And I got a job, my, you know, the, the money I earned was my money. So it's just like, you know, you, you get a job just cause you want to get one, not because you have to get one, you know? Um, you're not, uh, working so hard, um, to make it some, in some, some instances, things are kind of just handed to you and easier for you. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure a Lionel Jefferson, you know, he, he went to college without worrying about how the tuition was going to get paid or how this or that was going to get paid, you know? So he was, he didn't have too many worries. So now that he's, he, he, when you get out of college, if you go to college and then you get out of college, it's like, that's the point where, you know, and for some folks that point happens after, right after high school when they go right into the workforce. Um, but if you go to college at that point, it's like you spent all these years kind of, um, with a little bit of a, um, a little bit still being tied to childhood a little bit, like a little bit of a safety net. And now it's like, Oh, I'm grown now. <laughs> I'm grown. And I have to, um, you know, he, now he has to be a man and now he has to, to see what he's made of in the real world. Cause college is not the real, <laughs> real world. <laughs> so you got to see what you're made of in the, in the real world. And yeah, I can see how he had some insecurity about, about that he doesn't know what that's going to look like it's almost like george and louise set lionel up you know and it's almost like okay we set this up for you don't f it up that's adding more pressure to it as well so 
I can like Summer said, you know, he was fearful in a lot of ways. Succeeding, making his parents proud, um, not messing up something that they set him up for, mm-hmm. you know. And like Summer said, I always thought when I say Summer said, I'm getting to that. I always felt that every generation should be one up than the previous generation. Right. Like uh, my parents, it was a stepping stone for me to be where I am in life. And now I'm setting up a stepping stone for my daughters to succeed in life. So they should be one upping me. (laughs) And then when they start their their family or the next generation, it it should one up them. So we succeed. It's generational. It takes a few generations for people to actually be very comfortable you know um not everybody starts the race at the starting line at the same time Mm -hmm. or same place so it takes a few generations for people to catch up yeah and and for for lionel it's not even a matter of him one upping his parents he's he's not even a step ahead he's like way ahead of them in a in a in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. you know so um being that being way ahead without really having to ever struggle i can see how that can make you a little insecure like do what do do i have enough (laughs) of the right stuff to to be a man and be yeah. successful and and be my own man. Like I said, don't f it up. Like you, you are set up, set up. Don't f it up. Just do what you're supposed to do. You, you know, we made it. I'm not gonna say we made it easy for you to get where you are, but you didn't have to work as hard as we did mm-hmm. to be where you are now. But that's the problem, though. I think the problem I think the problem is that he didn't have to work as hard so he hasn't mm-hmm. built up enough confidence in his own ability what? to do what he needs to do because mm-hmm. they did set him up mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't do it all on his own he had their help so that I that's that's exactly the reason why I think he's feeling a little like insecure and and mm-hmm. having a lack of confidence because he had it so easy right. and you know, and we've seen, I mean, I know I've seen people who are set up for success and they just fail because it was almost like they thought like, okay, is this how, the rest of my life, is this how it's going to be? Like where mm-hmm. everybody set me up? Like, no, but that's just what your mama and daddy did. But yeah. <laughs> everybody else sees you as a, a, a regular, a regular old, old adult, right. you know, and you need to step up. So if you don't know how to do that in, you know, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. But I think that, um, and, and it's, it's hard to say it's hard, you know, in a situation like that, it's hard to say it can go either way. You know, you can, you can really, um, be someone that has been set up for success and, and do just fine with it. And you can totally screw it up and he knows it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for instance, my, our oldest daughter, 
if she gets in a situation, I'm here. I'm here for her, but I'm, I'm also like, look, I'm gonna help you out halfway. You know, I'm not gonna do it all for you. I, I will help you out halfway or some other way. But the real world is, especially now that you're you are an adult, this is the real world. I can't. I'm not gonna make it easy for you for for the rest of your life. I mean, I'm definitely here to help, but you need to take care of your own. And and yeah. and, and when you can't take care of your own, I definitely want you to take care of majority of it, a lot of it. And then I I'm your fallback like, okay, well, you know, daddy can't help me out. And I don't I I really don't mind, you know, but it's just the the lesson that needs to be learned. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Cause I never want to say no, like not really, like not if I really, you know, can do something mm-hmm. and cause I want to do something if I can, but it's not always helpful to do everything do, for, yeah, yeah, for, for your kids. Yeah. And I don't want you to be, and so I have to be like, uh, no, uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, don't want you to be, I don't want you to be like, for instance, say, Okay, say you, you okay, you get paid Friday. You you see something that you want to buy. You're like, okay, if I buy this, I'm gonna be broke. But I know if I ask my dad or my mom for the money to pay for something else, they'll give it to me. I don't want it to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I want I want to teach you a lesson as well. So, you know, I, I will help you out, but I'm only gonna help you out a certain um Amount, you got to come up with the rest. But the thing is, too, Shannon, and just like with this situation with Lionel, my, you know, it's not, this is my um, interpretation of, of his situation. My interpretation of the situation is that really Lionel needs to kind of go through the fire um, of adulthood and handling his own business and um, really making a success out of a success out of himself by his own efforts and sure he he went to school and he did what it what it took to graduate um but he's gonna have to go through the fire and and see what he's made of um and with the you know helping out the kids and like I said I I want to always help I don't want you I don't Mm -hmm. want you to fall I don't Mm -hmm. want you to mess up I don't want I don't want that to happen but I know that me helping you is not gonna be really helpful for you and you have to also um doing things figuring out things making things work you know being a little bit broke sometimes and make you know and 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 getting your way out of that those are things that build confidence because once you do it you know you can do it if you get bailed out you don't you never know if you can do it on your own, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to build the confidence to know that, OK, this is how this is. And um, OK, um, I'm a little bit broke right now, but I do know how to I do know how to cook. So, I, you know, I do know how to make spaghetti, <laughs> whatever it is, you know how to make that's cheap. So I don't have to go out. I, I know how to make this uh, low finances work. I can just make a little few modifications over here and still take care of my responsibilities and still meet some goals. 
Um, I just need, need to make some adjustments and not constantly be needing to get bailed out. And then um, the other, other, another thought that I had um, recently was about the concept of replacing your parents. And replacing your parents meaning if your parents are like your, the people you call on when you have an emergency situation, replacing your parents would be something like saving, saving money for an emergency fund, you know, having some money in the bank so that if you have an emergency, <laughs> you can fend for yourself. You know, so, but it's always, and, and the reason why you want to do that, yes, some people do have their parents to fall back on, but other people don't. Everybody doesn't have um, the luxury of parents who um, are willing to or can be their fallback support. So, you know, you, you young people, you got to start replacing um, your parents, where with, necessary with a savings account with, <laughs> with money <laughs> with an emergency fund and a big enough e emergency fund will replace your parents <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know like you said we definitely want to be there for your for your children and how did you put it lionel had to learn how to put out his fires or what, what were you saying no i said he has to go through the fire okay so you, you know i i want our children to go through their little brush fires on their own. Now, if it's a forest fire, I'm going to try and be there for you. Well, sure. But those little brush fires, put them out, you know, with a little water hose. You know, just put it out. But if it's a forest fire, I, I definitely want to be there for you. You know, and I don't want to be the... First option. Not <laughs> No, I don't want to be the I want something option. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want it to be emergency. I don't want it to be like... A backup for allowing me to buy things I want to buy, and then when I need something to be taken care of, to fall back on my parents. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, M meaning like they spent their rent money on going to going on a vacation, going on vacation, mm -hmm. and then they come back like, oh, I know my parents got me. No, I don't want it. No, <laughs> I got a couch for you to come sleep on. I'll feed you. And, and you be there for three months, and that's about it. I have, but, yeah. food. I have food for you all day. And, I, 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 and it's, <laughs> I, always, I always told our oldest daughter that you always got a place to stay. You always got food to eat. Yep. Right here. That's, that's, hey. That's, that's half the battle right you know, there. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But, oh. yeah. So, that was that episode. That, that was, was that. that. That was a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really can tell which episodes are very meaningful. To? To, I mean, to me and us, I guess. Mm. That the it's, it's more conversation and more mm -hmm. of a topic to talk about. Yes. I think, you know, the, the George meets Mr. Wendell. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that was a good one too, but um, I don't know if I can relate. I don't. Ha I didn't have anything to relate to it. 
And it's not, you're not going to always, yeah. it's not going to always be anything that's like a big wow mm-hmm. situation in every episode. That's another reason why I like our new format that we're doing where we're talking about, you know, multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have some of them where it's like, there's, a, there's not a whole lot to say. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. but yeah, but one like this, it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to go on our first break. So to our, our our children. Our children that aren't listening to our podcast? No. Uh, or just children in general? Just children in general. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, just try to succeed in life. Make first yourself proud and then, you know, make everyone else proud. And always set yourself up for emergencies. Replace your parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't re- uh, replace parents as some are say. I'm just, <laughs> just become an adult. That's, that, you yeah, know? that's exactly it. And, and set yourself up for financial success. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go through a small struggle to get to that. I'm able to actually save money for the future and for emergencies. You you have to sacrifice. And and the thing about it, when you sacrifice financially for three to six months, it goes by so fast. And when you get there, you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that was quick. And now I can set myself up financially for the the future yeah. my oldest daughter she she told me she was like yeah dad um now that i have money saved it's like kind of like wow like it kind of happened without me noticing it because mm-hmm. she you know sacrificed for a little bit and saved some money or whatever and now she's set up for you know s- small emergencies um she learned how to manage and budget money so that in itself is part of succeeding yeah, and making other people proud by not being in their pockets. And it's empowering. I mean, oh, yeah. for, you know, it's empowering to be able to, you know, when I say replace your parents, I'm only talking about in the, in the sense that, you know, you're still having some behavior like you're their child, like, or like you're a child. Um, I don't care what anybody says when you are a, an adult and you, you need some financial assistance from your parents or anyone, you're going to give up something, you know, because if I, if you're grown and I got to give you some money, I want to know who, what, where, when, why, how everything be, you know, now if you take care of it on your own, Mm -hmm. yeah, none of my business, none of it will be my business. And, um, I'm the type of person, that's the way I like it. So I'm like, I never wanted to be <laughs> a needy, needy young adult because yeah. I don't want you, I don't want your, anybody's opinion on it. Like, I don't uh, want your opinion on it. I'm not interested in your opinion. This is what I'm going to do <laughs> with my own money. Yeah, cause Thank it, you very much. It's your money so you can, you can spend it how you want to spend it. However you want to spend it. Um, and you're not asking anybody to, right. to assist. So if, if, if someone asks me for some money, I have the right to ask questions because it's my money. Who you are. It's my money. Yep. I have the right to ask questions. Number one, I'm going to ask, can I can I pay the person or whoever you need to pay directly? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to make sure 
it goes that's where it's going. Yeah. Right. Not that I don't trust you, but if I see it's going straight there, it's going there. And until you repay that money to me, if that was the terms of condition, mm-hmm. dinner's not going to be the same. <laughs> You know, no, it's not. You know you owe me the money. Every you time you, you see me, me you know it's going to be awkward situation. I'll be like, oh, I sure like right. your shoes. Right. <laughs> so, and that's another thing. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I hate that. Somebody owe you money and they always got something new on, some mm. new clothes or something. Like, you owe me money. How you got new yeah. clothes and going on vacation and things like that. Now, if it's a amount of money that I can afford to give you, I might just say it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's a gift. Don't even worry about paying me back. You know, and I think those are the best type. That, you know, that keeps relationships good. Yeah, I think that works in, um, I think it's some some cases with your kids that works. I mean, of course, you, you gift them things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a loan. Sometimes it's, a lot of times it's a gift. Um, uh, but yeah, that scenario works with other people, but with the kids, I, I, I want to keep them as uncomfortable as possible, to be honest with you. The reason why is because I don't, I don't want it to be that comfortable for you just to be asking asking for for money money. all the time. I want to make it, I I want it to be like where it's like, oh, you know, if I ask for some money, she's going to be like this, that, and the other, and she's going to say this, and I don't feel like dealing with that, so never mind. (laughs) Well, good, good. Well, good. Good. Anyway, let's take that break, Summer. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our first break. Oh, that was a long one. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Black Sitcom History. And uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash Black Sitcom History. And you will find some links to everywhere our podcast um, can be listened to as well as links to our social media. Um, we're going to get right into this next one, episode number 23. This one is called Tennis Anyone. Um, it first aired, was it February 28th? February 28th. 1976. 1976. George accepts invitation to join an all-white tennis club. Then he finds out he was only invited to the to join the club to be a token minority to appear in a local media or local newspaper. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So this one was, um, <clears throat> interesting. George, uh, comes home wearing a new outfit he, that he shows Louise. Uh, he walks into the kitchen with Louise and, and Florence and, underneath of a trench coat or something he he opens it up to reveal a little tennis outfit and uh so he gets you know once again he gets louise excited about doing something together this reminds me of him and and uh getting the bicycles for the two of them but he goes on to explain to louise that he you know he wants them to take up tennis and Louise is like, oh, okay, that's cool. And But come to find out, it's uh, tennis at a local country club or tennis club. Um, and Louise is like, they are accepting black people? Like, I didn't realize they were doing that. 
And he said, yeah, he is. And a judge, uh, a local judge recruited George to um, become a member. Um, That judge, I forget his name, but I didn't take down his name. Did you get the judge's name? No. He comes by um, their apartment. Um, he, He met George through his uh dry cleaning business he did some business with him and uh gave him the invitation so he comes up invites him to come to the country club the next day to play tennis with him um tom uh willis is over there at the same time tom willis is over there uh at the same time and you know they introduce him as their neighbor and someone who's uh, an executive for a publishing company. So at that point, the judge says, hey, why don't you come? We have openings for members, so uh, maybe you can also come and consider joining the country club. Um, A few moments later, Helen walks in, and it's discovered that Tom and, and Helen are married, and the judge starts to change his tune a little bit and says, oh, well, um, yeah, um, well, we actually, I have to actually see if we have any openings because I'm not really sure. And, you know, but Tom and Helen, they know what's up. They know that the, the invitation was rescinded because of, their, of them being a couple because Helen's black and he's white, obviously. So that's the issue there. But. George doesn't speak up about it. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't really check the judge on anything. But everybody in the room knows what's going on. But judge is just, I'm judge. (laughs) But George is just happy that he's been invited to be a member at this place. He's like, feels like he's breaking barriers maybe. Um, And he gets to do something that the fancy white people get to do um, in their area. So he feels like he's moving on up. Um, just a bit more. So he doesn't say anything. Louise is pretty disappointed with him because he doesn't say to the judge, like, hey, that's wrong, or he doesn't cancel um, meeting the judge for tennis the next day, and he actually ends up showing up. To the, to the tennis club mm-hmm. to, to play tennis. He then finds out that, excuse me, he finds out that the the judge is using him because the the city or the state is coming down on these white-only establishments mm-hmm. that they need to allow minorities in their clubs. So they're actually doing like a... A reporter showing up mm-hmm. to show that, yeah, uh, they do have black members. Mm-hmm. It's not only for whites or whatnot. But one of the locker attendants gives George a heads up, like, "Look, they're using you as a as a token, mm-hmm. as a did he I, he said house? I think he called him a house n word. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, you're just a house n word." So <laughs> that sounds weird. It's like you're gonna be you're gonna be playing center court, I bet, yeah. right in front of the camera so everybody can see. And uh he's like, Are you messing around? He's like, I, I ain't joking, token. Yeah. I ain't joking, <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like they were 
act after the the interview and the reporter showed up, I felt like they were just going to go ahead and kick George out the club or say, you know, you're not welcome here in, anymore. Mm-hmm. So they were just doing this just for the for the press. And once the 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 re, it was it was weird because when the reporter showed up, mm-hmm. he he looked white, but he sounded like a brother, kind of. Because when he saw George, he was like, right on. like. I, th- I think that was just him using some black-isms well, okay. just, just for his sake. Because well, okay, <laughs> okay. you know how people do sometimes. They, like, layer on some extra, you know, black vernacular, you know, well, for their black audience. Like, what's going on, brother? Well, well, okay, well, let's get to this part. That's and, my guess, but I, there's no telling. Maybe I'll he let, talks like that to everyone. I'll let the audience be the judges. <laughs> So the reporter tells George and the judge to, you know, take a picture together. Mm-hmm. And as the the reporter counts down three, two, one, George pours a, a picture of water over the judge's head mm-hmm. to let him know, like, hey, I'm not going to be anybody's token. Mm-hmm. And the reporter snaps the picture, and he's happy with that. So that's another reason why I felt Okay, they could have been on the same team, the reporter and George. Mm. Not saying the reporter was black, but he was trying to get the true story out of it. Sure. And that's what he got out of it, that um, the judge and the the members of the tennis club were just trying to, what is it, persona? Have a persona so that people would think that they do allow black people into their club. It's just... So happened they had no members because no one joined, but they, <laughs> but now they they have they have George there yeah. to to play play tennis, and you know, I was thinking George, he, if it if it helps him to get ahead, he he doesn't care about anybody, Mm-mm. like the when a judge decided to. Not have Tom come to the tennis club because he's married to a black lady. George is like, all right, well, peace. See y'all later. He's like, I'm still good. Yeah, though. I'm still going. <laughs> you know, you don't do a friend like that. You know, no. so, um, but yeah, George found out the truth, and he he wasn't really disappointed that that's what they were doing because I don't think he cared about the judge and the the white people are all, oh, I think he care more so about rubbing elbows with people he can expand his businesses with and, and make more money some type of way, have a, a new um cust- base customer base or whatever. I, I, I think he cared about that. And I think he also cared how it looked too, to be, you know, in the same company as those people. But he didn't necessarily care about them mm. individually. No. You know, the judge was just his 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 uh, opportunity to get in the door. You know? Also, one of those those. I'm in the money now. I'm I'm a member of I a do big money. Things. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm a member of a of a tennis club. Yeah. Uh, once all white tennis club, but now that I'm making money. They have they allowed. Me, yeah, yeah, they want me to be a member. Of of the of the club. <laughs> now, so this is nineteen seventy six, and it was 
sh- I'm not going to say it shocked me, but at that time, I was only three. But I thought that black only and white only thing was pretty much squashed. Obviously, it wasn't. Not. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't so much shocked, but I was, didn't believe it, I guess. So I thought. Well, I think that on maybe on paper, these places weren't white only, but in practice they were. So Mm -hmm. you know they didn't necessarily welcome. You know it's like you know wanting to be wanting to move as a black family to an area that's predominantly white, and it's allowed technically. But you're met with so many obstacles when you're trying to do so. You know, you might be, the neighbors not might not like it. And I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about, you know, back back in the day, mm-hmm. um, some, some decades ago. You might experience it now. You might experience it now, yeah, too. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, um, <clears throat> kind of like the underhanded stuff that would happen, like this underhanded campaigning to keep, keep the neighborhoods looking a certain way um, to keep certain people out. So, yeah, because, it, okay, so at one point it was an all-white tennis club. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's against the law now, but we're not going to just. We're not going to recruit. Yeah, we're not going to just invite black people in. Right. Now, if one comes, we might make it difficult we well, might say that there's no no openings. openings. Openings are yeah. Or maybe you you know you have to have a certain degree, or you have to have a six figure salary, or, or the sticker price might increase. Right. Or right, like you say, or the 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 fee to be a member is outrageous, mm-hmm. and is not. Mm-hmm. Or you you might have to beat our best tennis player. <laughs> something cra- something, something crazy. You know, they're not saying that. Black people aren't allowed, but they're going to make it difficult. And I, I think that's what the press was trying to to uncover, mm-hmm. you know, with their with their stories. They were, mm-hmm. you know, probably on paper not all white or white only, mm-hmm. um, but still hadn't become friendly to accepting minorities. And it was, you know, it's like, hey, here, this is a this is an issue. And it's it's also one of those things where. You do feel comfortable being amongst your own, right? So I'm sure, I'm not going to say I'm sure, but if they would have opened doors up to black people, some of the white members probably would have started to feel uncomfortable and decided to cancel their membership and join another club. Sure. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, mm-hmm. that's what I just said. That's what you said. Yeah. And you said it. So, no. you know, that that's another thing, too. And what? They want to make their members comfortable. comfortable. Keep them comfortable. Com- and keep that money. Keep They're not the going to just let one, you know, black person that can afford their $5,000 a year membership. <laughs> mess it up for the Mess it up for, the, you know, people. for the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they also might feel that by bringing minorities in, it might ruin the club. 
mm-hmm. per se, because mm-hmm. they feel minority might not conduct themselves in a correct manner. So, but this it was a good one. I like this episode because mm-hmm. there are low-key places like that still mm-hmm. here in America. Um, there's certain places that are less known to minorities <laughs> that exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a secret society. I think that's with any nationality in a sense. So, I don't know. It's a weird situation. I don't I don't really like talking about race. Why not? I don't because I don't it's just dumb to me, man. Like I, <laughs> I know like cuz you're very you're very like a sweet person and you think like nobody should be, like just see the color of your skin and it be a problem, but it you know, yeah, but it's it's a reality though. It, it is, is a problem that people It is a problem, and it's, you know, but it's like Man, and I don't, I don't think you, that it's a, um, I don't think it's as widespread of a problem as it used to be, or as much as people like to say, say it is now. Even I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think racism. Actually, I'm I'm fairly confident that racism is not something that's that's um, popular. You know, I think the the races of the world realize that racism is not a popular thing and they don't, you know, they keep, they, they, they don't make their racist tendencies known. They keep, they hush up about some things because it's not a widely, widely held um, belief system to, be, you know, believe in whatever it is, that white supremacy, white supremacy, hell, even black supremacy, whatever. Well, whoever supremacy. It's just one of those things where, like, what what did I do to you? What did, sh- what did yeah. Shannon do to you? But you're trying to make it make sense. But racism don't don't make sense like that. Just like oh, just, that sentence just, that I said didn't make sense, but whatever. Racism and doesn't I, make I think, sense. I it's think not meant to be every, logical. Everybody, I don't even want to say if they have racist thoughts in their head, but everybody does. I mean, for instance, like everyone thinks all Asian people have slant eyes. All black people got big noses. You know, all all white people got blue eyes. It's that's part of it. But I'm not being mean towards you. I don't that's not even being I don't know. Dude. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't like talking. I'm getting myself upset with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. I'm racist towards me. <laughs> it's just, I don't, and when I, when I see things on television, police officers, it's just, it, first of all, it breaks my heart. Even if, if, if a police officer killed any unarmed person, it breaks my heart. Right. But when I see them kill someone that looks like me, it's like, what, like what did this person do to make you so fearful of them? 
that makes you quick, fast, in a hurry to draw your firearm to shoot a person, a black person. I, I I can't say I understand because I'm not in the police officer's shoes, so I don't understand. Like, especially if you, if if somebody's running away from you, mm-hmm. and they sh- they shoot a, a a taser gun at you, what a taser gonna do? <laughs> you know, and then I don't know. I just look. Anyway, so that was this episode <laughs> because, because I just tennis anyone, yeah. and it's one of those things. I'm not going to go out there and protest and and say how I feel about it because it's like I don't think it's ever going to change. Ever. What do you mean it? What is just, it? Just. Racist people that there are there are always going to be racist yeah, people. Yes, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see. That. And, and I'm not thing, worried about them changing either. The th- I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not worried. I would like for them to, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, oh, it's not, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy that well, hmm. I. I I want to say I'm I'm happy I was born in the time I was born because pre I want to say pre 1965ish or even there before it just seems like it was it was like real racist like you know drink blacks only drink from this faucet faucet you're going to use this bathroom. You got to go in. You know, it's more in your face for sure. Yeah. And you that's know. why I think a lot but a lot has, I mean, you have to acknowledge, too, a lot has changed. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. But you're always going to have some bad people. You're always going to have bad yeah. people. You're always going to have racist people. And um, I'm not so much worried about the racist people. I'm only worried about... Um, you know, policies that are or could be racist, um, that are disproportionately, um, putting people that look like me in jail or, uh, disproportionately <laughs> having, you know, blacks end up in a in a, a difficult situation mm. or 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 dead or not just not i mean dead is 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 hard is bad enough but dead but with not without any recourse you know without any ability you know the difficult thing to me is when you have people chasing down a black man for no apparent reason or driving in their car and following a black boy in this, their car that looks suspicious for no other reason other than they think that they look suspicious for whatever reason. And then, you know, ha- have the have the audacity to say, okay, well, um, I ended up murdering this person because they were basically kicking my ass. So, okay, but, you know... I. If you if you want to have laws like stand your ground, 
then you also need to have some laws that say, you know, if you are harassing someone and it leads to their death, then, you know, you will be prosecuted for, I don't know, at minimum manslaughter, at minimum, you know, um, but maybe even premeditated murder because you were following them for no reason. Okay. So not too long ago here in California, we had a, a incident where a suspect took the police officer's weapon, beat the police officer with the weapon, ran off. Another cop showed up and like, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> I mean, the suspect's okay. Like, I don't wish death on anybody, but that was one of them situations where they should have put some type of bodily harm on on that man because that was like true. That was a true reason. That was a real reason. Like I'm getting beat with my own weapon, with my own firearm. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I think I said this in the episode before. Was Is that person Caucasian or the, were they? Uh, okay, he was. He was a, I, I believe he was Hispanic because mm-hmm. I didn't see the person's name, but I saw him in court and it looked like they did rough him up a little bit mm-hmm. or whatever. But that could have been from the police officer trying to de- defend himself. But he looked Hispanic. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say he was white skinned mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Right. But and one of my friends said this and I think I said it in the episode before. If race doesn't matter, like why is it on on credit applications and job applications? Uh, I'm an avid firearms owner, and whenever you purchase a firearm, I don't know if it's in every state, but here in California, when you purchase a firearm, one of the questions they ask you is, "What race do you identify with?" I don't know why that's important. I, I mean, I really is that, and it, it that doesn't stop me from purchasing the firearm. I don't see why. It, it's has, just to, California gun yeah. laws. They they well, I don't know just, they, or, or I don't know if it's California gun. I don't know if they do that in every state. I have to uh-huh. ask somebody or look, oh, look okay. that up. They like but, to be in. They like to know who's buying the guns. They want to know yeah. who owns what. And well, there, there, there aren't any guns to buy right now. Everyone, guns are scarce. And ammo is scarce and expensive. <laughs> but okay, I said I was upset about this episode a while ago, mm. so I'm done with this episode. And since you're done, Shannon, I'm going to go ahead and be done also. And we can move on to season two, episode 24. This episode is called The Wedding. So on to uh, potentially happier times. I don't. Maybe not. I, I, so when did this air, babe? Uh, March 6, 1976. But before we start, I don't know about this episode either. I was kind of mad about this episode, too. You were mad about this episode? Yeah. Okay, I'm, you're going to tell us about it, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to go ahead and read a synopsis. This is taken from imdb.com. I don't know who wrote it, but here it goes. George and Louise plan to renew their wedding vows. 
but then George enrages Louise by failing to treat her as an equal partner in their marriage. That's why I'm a little bit upset. Mm-hmm. Because he failed Showing to... Showing his behind again. Yeah, acknowledge she was an equal part in a marriage. Mm-hmm. That's why. So, first of all, George wants to renew his vows because a famous someone... Harry Belafonte. ...has decided to renew their his vows. Mm-hmm. And George was like, hey... Uh, I got some money. Good enough for him. (laughs) Good enough for me. Good enough for us. So one thing happens is George goes to find his original best man that was in his wedding. And turns out that he lives in Harlem and he just Louise finds out that the customers in Harlem aren't using the cleaners because it's it's too expensive for them. Mm -hmm. So they use a a rival cleaners or whatever. And Louise feels that that's not right, that he should lower his prices to to accommodate the financial situation. I don't want to say situation, financial. The market. The market there. And we could talk about about that too later on in this episode. So, and George tells Louise like, "Hey, this this my business. I started this. You have nothing to do with it. I can keep the prices where I want to keep them. Um, and I did all this on my own, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's a she's offended by that, and she brings up, or someone brings it up, or maybe I just thought of it." That behind every good man, there's a good woman. And we talked about that in a, another episode. But she was like, hey, I, I I was here with you. You know, if it wasn't for me, it might not be any George, uh, not George, cleaners, Jefferson's, Jefferson's cleaners. Right. So you need to treat me as equal. Yes, I might sit at home while you out there grinding and stuff. But best believe, I, you know, I keep everything going, you know. Mm-hmm. She... And another thing, um, Louise might take care of a lot of things about the cleaners that we don't see, like payroll, maybe paperwork, things of that matter. She, I don't think she just sits at home and d- does nothing. I'm sure her hand is in the in the business some some type of way or whatever. But Louise tells George, like, look, if if you don't basically lower your prices. To accommodate Harlem, I'm not going to marry you. I'm not going to renew renew the vows. Mm-hmm. And George said something funny. He was like, "He said you're my wife. You gonna marry me?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what, what does that mean? That 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 doesn't uh, make sense okay. at, at all, you know. So, and G- George is just telling telling Louise like, "Look, this is the this is the way it is. This is the way it's gonna be." I've been running this business from the start. Um, you're he he tells her you're not even an equal partner in his marriage. Right. That's why I was was, I was upset. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like it take two to to be married, you know? Um, and and that type of argument, you would have to renew your vows basically because when when I hear people say this is a sign, when I hear people say. They're renewing their vows, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought, like, uh, are you having, are like you getting remarried? Like, did you have an episode where something happened 
and you want to refresh, <laughs> refreshing the marriage. It, it never made sense to me. Yeah, I don't think people are re- having episodes. Yeah, it's just renew. Why are you renewing your vows? You know, less. Does that mean you don't want to renew? Or let, I let, unless the old ones, you know, you like, you know, those old vows, I, I didn't like those. I want to change them. It's just something like, it's like a, a thing to do on your anniversary. No, let's just like, have an anniversary. Yeah, and renew our vows. Yeah. Like, we still, we still do. We still do. So are we going to renew our vows? It sounds like you don't want to. I, I didn't say I didn't want to. I That's just what it never, sound like. I just never understood That's it. That's what it sounds like. It's well, like. I'm, I, I, I won't try to sell you on it mm-hmm. in this. Um, you could call it an anniversary party. I, I'd rather just have a very nice anniversary party. And renew your vows. And I'll say something. At the anniversary party, like how how happy I am to be married to you. No, we gotta I, renew vows so I can buy an expensive dress. No, and stuff. that's why you still have the dress you wore on your wedding day. I'm never wearing that dress again. But see, that's why you keep it. So when it comes time to renew your vows, no, you I have, have no to, idea why I've kept it. See, it's just like they tell you to <laughs> keep a slice of cake from your wedding in the freezer for a year. For a year. No. So you keep that wedding dress. We had, <laughs> no, we had our, 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 the person who baked our cake, she made us an yeah. anniversary cake. And you know what? Shout out to her. Uh, um, Her name was Spirit. A pinch of spirit. A pinch of spirit. I don't know if she changed her name since then. It's been 12 same. years. Yeah. But yeah, that cake was good. And it was bomb. One, one thing I liked about our wedding cake is that we had, we had tears, but each tear was a different flavor. Yeah, I didn't have all the flavors. I did. I know you did. No, I, could, I could barely eat that day. I was like, oh my gosh. No. I, Let me tell you guys something about me. I'm glad it was uh If I'm spending good. if I'm spending money on something, I take advantage of it all. I I think we had three three layers. I think we had um red velvet, lemon, mm-hmm. and I don't think we had chocolate because I really I'm not really a big chocolate. Person. I forget what the other one was. I think it was, it was just, three. I think it was just white. Or carrot. Cake. Carrot. carrot I want, it could have been carrot cake. It could have been carrot, yeah. But the lemon cake was bomb, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the food that we had, I think I had like two plates. And we had so much left over. On our honeymoon, I was thinking about getting back home and eat some leftovers from the wedding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, man. Anyway, so, yeah, um, shout out to A Pinch of Spirit for baking us a... A one-year anniversary cake. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea too, because it's just it was nothing but a bunt cake. Yeah. You know, instead of putting your cake in the freezer for a year, it's gonna be frosted. Who gonna eat it? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, so that's my rant on renewing vows. I just always felt it was like the the couple I... the couple separated, no. and then they got back together, and they were like, okay, we're gonna renew our vows. No, people people who are happily married. Renew their their vows. Okay, well, people I, who have problems, maybe they get remarried. Get remarried, okay. but <laughs> well, I, guess what? We're gonna have to do renew our renew, vows yes. because I'm happily married. There you I go. don't know when we're gonna do it, um, but yeah. we're gonna do it. it. Might be a two person renewal. <laughs> what that mean? It's us and two other people. <laughs> I'm huh? just saying we have to. We can't have big crowds and stuff right now. Oh, because of Corona. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. So. Um, okay, back to George and Louise. They're out 
at the altar now. The preacher is saying, you know, say I do or whatever. Mm-hmm. George says I do. And it comes to Louise. And um, she won't say I do until George decides to lower his prices at the cleaners, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, establish that they are equal partners both in the marriage and in the business. Mm-hmm. So he starts off at like 5%. And she still won't budge. She's like, okay, 7% won't budge. And then he says 10%, and she says, I do. I do. So that's how this one pretty much wrapped up. She 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 held out on him <laughs> until he came around to his senses and was like, if I don't do this, she won't say I do or whatnot. Now, with this episode, I want to talk about it. A couple of things, Summer. I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. George. So so we think or so we know. George started the cleaners on his own. Right. While they were married. Not like he did before they were married. But even if he did it before they were married. Do you think Louise is an equal partner? If he did it before they got married? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Do you think she should be an equal partner in the business if he started before they got married? Well, um, unless we're talking about prenuptial agreements or anything like that, marriage is marriage. Either you're going to be married or you're not going to be married. So to me, there's no difference between him having started the, the company before he got married mm-hmm. uh, versus um, while they were married. Yeah, know? I guess that's when that prenup mm-hmm. comes in. But if they had had some sort of prenuptial agreement, I guess, mm-hmm. then to, to uh, kind of make those divisions clear, then I guess fine. And then, you know, that would be what they agreed to. Yeah, because either way... Louise had to sacrifice something while George was building the business. And she did. She doesn't work now, but she worked right. for several years. Um, and, 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 he, and he wouldn't have it any other way. He wouldn't have her working. Yeah, he doesn't want her to work. Because you know. he really thinks that rich people, um, wives should not work. Mm-hmm. But and, and to those that have been listening to our podcast from the beginning know that George and Louise received this money from a settlement so it wasn't like it was George's money and he started the business on his own but even if he did like someone said they were married so it they should play equal parts now if we're playing equal parts well this is George thinking but me thinking this might sound wrong and we're playing equal parts I definitely want to have you participate in the business some type some type of way. I want you to have a responsibility somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Well, this is the thing. It doesn't matter to to me it doesn't matter what level of responsibility Louise has in the business as far as work. And I don't I don't know that she does anything with with the businesses. I mean, I'm pretty sure she'd help out um or be happy to help out um 
wherever she could. Well, she but, did. She did at one point. Yeah. Wanted to work. Yeah, she wanted to work he, at he, the cleaners, he but he told her no. So yeah, so that's that's his deal. But the thing about it is, you have the business, and then you have the marriage. But you might as well just kind of roll the business into the the marriage. Yeah, it's his business. It's not like his his job that he goes to, mm-hmm. where he's employed. You know, um, it's a family business. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's the business is a part of their family, mm-hmm. and therefore, she may not have a a role or responsibility in running the day-to-day business but as his wife he should you know be respectful of her opinion yeah on things and if it's it's bad business of 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 on on his part anyway in this specific case to not even know that he's losing business to a competition that's you know far away from his um his uh store location you know they're traveling a ways to get to a, another cleaners that's less expensive yeah but it is that that's bad business on his part that should not have been the first time he'd heard of that heard that information <laughs> okay i'm not i'm more upset with george when he said that she isn't an equal partner in the marriage. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that, you know, and it and it's, the marriage is not always equal all the time, you know. One partner might put more into it than the other certain times, and and vice versa. But you're we're still equally in this marriage. Yep. And when it came to the business, that's. You know, I wasn't that mad at him because I almost want to say he can say that because he's taking care of all the day-to-day activities as we see, as we know. It's not like, what is it, daddy-o pieces from The Last Dragon where the whole family worked there? Yeah. The mama, you know, Bruce Leroy. (laughs) And the brother. The brother, yeah. So it's not like like that type of business, but I would definitely bring you along with me on certain days to the businesses. Just but it's not. I don't even think it's like like that type of involvement in this case. Like I understand your point about like he handles the day to day, but she went to the neighborhood where his store is and found out there's an issue. That he really needs to look at and address. And she brought it up. And, to out, his, and he, he dismissed her. Yeah, he he okay. dismissed her. And I think that's the part that was wrong. Mm-hmm. I understand. Now, that, it makes sense. It does make sense. Now, to the... Should you... Oh, man, this is a tough one, too. Mm-hmm. Should you... It's not even that tough, but... Should you accommodate... your business by the area code <laughs> meaning you know should your prices be lower in certain parts of the neighborhood than other parts of the neighborhood 
Because I I say this because I've noticed certain places you go to in certain areas, the prices are a little different. Mm-hmm. Like slightly, but they are different. You know, I'm like, well, I paid this. And I do realize I think this certain cities taxes are different. Mm-hmm. So that can be that you know, that accounts for it there too. But I don't know if I would necessarily lower my prices <laughs> or make them lower, sorry, make them lower in a certain area code or zip code or whichever one it is mm-hmm. because of people's financial um, situation. But that's the way it is, too. I mean, I guess you wouldn't sustain a business or make money if you your prices were high. Mm-hmm. And people would just go elsewhere. Yeah, and, that's the and, point. And then, mm-hmm. like, I, I wouldn't, even though I know, for instance, maybe gas prices, I don't know. My gas prices where I live is 10, 10 cents higher than another place. I'm not going to travel way over there just to save 10 cents. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. But if 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 your if your funds are tied limited. up, yeah, mm-hmm. limited, then you will travel further to save a dollar. The that's just I don't now know. the Willis's got into this conversation a little bit too when um, Louise was talking about lowering prices and how they were talking about it was more like. They made it seem like, oh, you should do a good thing and like you lower your prices because it's not fair. They were talking about like the fairness of his pricing. Um, and he was talking about the fact that, hey, I got to keep lights on and pay rent and all this stuff, mm-hmm. which is a good point. Um, my thought with regards to him lowering his prices was like, yeah, lower your prices. And the reason why, not because not not doing it because people expect you to um the, you know it people think that you should do it um because out of out of charity or something this is a this is a business like you said mm-hmm. you have to keep the lights mm-hmm. on you got to keep the rent i mean oh, the rent uh mm-hmm. going but it's good business to price your product or service appropriately for the market you can't you can't if your uh potential customers are going out of their way to get to somewhere else that's cheaper then you're you're losing out on business and you have to consider how much business are you losing out on it ultimately it could mean that if you cut if you cut your prices to a point where you're uh Back in competition, um, in good competition with, you know, your your nearest competitor, that's all well and good. But are you going to be able to keep the lights on and keep the rent paid at those prices? You may you you may end up at a point where you're saying, okay, well, I just can't afford to have a store in in Harlem. Mm -hmm. And that might end up being the, the outcome. But you can't just run a business without profit because your prices are too high and you have no customers or your prices are too low and you can't, you know, stay above water. Yeah. You, you have to make a profit. 
like you say, you still you need to be competitive as well. Um, my suggestion to George, if you are listening, George Jefferson, maybe um, once a week you you can have a twenty percent off laundry day, where on Wednesdays your order is twenty percent off. Uh, you still have six days, well, not six days out of the week. You still have other days out of the week for people to come pick up their belongings. I doubt if everybody come on Wednesday to pick their items up, but they do know if you show up on Wednesdays, we have 20% off, regardless if you live in the area or not. That's just the way it is. But, and George, customers want to use him. They just say, it's just too high. <laughs> like, we want to come to you, but... Your prices are just too high. We can't we can't afford it. You know, it's not in our budget too. I I remember I had a friend when I was younger, and the cleaners that we used, they would like you know if you leave your clothes there after a certain time limit, like they would sell them or something, or or like if they keep your clothes for ninety days, and if you come. On the 89th day mm-hmm. to, to get your clothes, it was like half off because they just were like, here, here just come get them. your clothes. And my buddy, he, he had a lot of clothes, so he would do that all the time. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm running out of clothes. How many days I got left? Oh my God. <laughs> 89th day, he go pick up all his clothes or whatever. But I do understand, you know, trying to accommodate your community but if i'm doing that i need for my community to support me as well it's not don't a com- yeah. no don't don't go writing graffiti all on my on my walls and and all this stuff and if you see somebody suspicious hanging out say something like hey we saw such and such you know if i'm doing that if i'm scratching your back scratch my back basically yeah he wasn't he didn't show up much it seemed either at the harlem store so he didn't show his face there much you know so um i don't know how great of a businessman he is he probably Mm -hmm. has he's making profit somewhere but he needs to look in look into this my advice look at how you're you're profiting in all your businesses in Mm -hmm. all your stores individually um and it's not about accommodating the folks it's about looking at the market you you can't you can't just set prices willy-nilly like it just can't be um across the board this is what i'm i'm spending if you're if your overhead is indeed lower in a certain place, you can consider, you know, having a lower price point so that you remain competitive. But it's just business. Yeah, it's just business. I understand. It was like a scenario that I read about how California is, you know, like one of the richest places in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. But or, there is a large amount of low income communities, people living in communities, Mm -hmm. but the cost of living in those communities is very expensive still, even though it's considered a low income community. And the, the author of, of the article I was reading was saying that if the cost of renting wasn't so high, the amount of people living in poverty will be lower than what it is. And that's 
they go side by side. Georgia lowering lowering his prices in business, and what I just mentioned that like people living low income, they're spending a large amount of their money on rent, so they can't do anything else. So that's not helping the um, community as far as um, recycling the money mm-hmm. through the through the community because they don't have any money. They're spending all their money on on rent, and rent is expensive. Um, I when I talked to one of my coworkers and, and they live in one area code and I live in another area code, but we pay just about the same amount. And I I would prefer to live where I live compared to where they, they live or whatever. But it's like should you should the cost of renting be cheaper because of the community. I think it should more so be based off of, I guess it is based off of uh, income. And it's, uh, it runs parallel to some extent to just real estate market. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess if, if you have more homes and compared to apartments, then <laughs> if you have more homes compared to large apartment um, communities, I guess the, I don't know, the the price of rent would be higher where there houses. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, someone I, owns the property and yeah. they have the expense of, of paying the pro- paying for the property. Mm-hmm. And all the costs are so associated with managing the property. Yeah. So, um, the rent, especially in Southern California or in, uh, in, uh, in other areas of California, it's, it's just, it's hard to get around. Yeah. But, well, to my married couples, it's okay to renew your vows. Thank you. To my married couples, it is great and good to have equal partnership in the marriage. It helps the marriage. To my business owners, don't go broke by accommodating your area codes as far as price-wise, but help out the community a little bit. Uh, What else? This episode. Oh, one last thing I wanted to say in this episode. When Louise threw the bouquet, Mama <laughs> Mama Jefferson caught the bouquet. She was throwing it to Jenny. Yeah, she was trying but, to throw it to Jenny. But Mama Mama Jefferson like, jumped up in there and took it. She mm-hmm. like, nope. No one she don't want to get yeah. married to anybody. I'm 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 85, but I look like I'm 70. So she still <laughs> get, get, get she still get married. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in once again that was season two summer so mm-hmm. we're kind of moving along i think even though we have 11 seasons so <laughs> we still have nine seasons to go yeah. but we're moving along pretty quick ish ish okay this is episode 30 of our podcast shannon so i just want to also highlight that i'm three we're three scores old 
Is that what it is? Yeah. We're we're thirty. We're the yeah. big three zero. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm, we, I'm excited about that. We episode. should do something on the fiftieth podcast. Like renew our vows. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it might be our anniversary by the time yeah, we get to I 50. know. But if we re or okay, not if when we renew our vows, mm-hmm. I wanna do it on our original wedding date anyway. I don't want a random day. It's like another okay. day you gotta remember. No, you don't. Okay. No. We can, you can pick any day then. <laughs> so if when we renew the vow, that, that mean you get a bigger ring or another ring? I don't know. Hmm. I'm not going to um, stop you from getting one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you not. I'm not going to stop you from getting okay. one. Well, um, make sure I'm the first on the list for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you all. I'm being silly. Thank You're gonna you. going to be for- an equal partner in yeah. planning it. Oh. <laughs> You know what? Let's talk about that real quick. So, when we were planning, well, when you were planning the wedding, Mm -hmm. I think you got a little frustrated and upset with me because I think I told you, like, you asked me my opinion opinion or something, Mm -hmm. and I said, look, babe, it's your day. Whatever you want, however you want it, so be it. And you were like, you're part of this too. And I was like, yeah, I know, but it's always the woman's Day, you know the guy just show up, you know what I'm saying? But you, I think you got a little bit upset with me. Yeah, I don't know. You don't Probably remember that? Did. I remember. <laughs> Cause I think you almost cried. It's like, oh shoot, she crying. Yeah, it was that was not. It, like, and it wasn't. You weren't crying because you were. I think you were overwhelmed because I think, and I learned something at that point too. I, I put too much in your, in your on your plate. And not trying, not trying to help. And the only thing well, I had to do was give you my opinion. All, this is I could have made that it happens. easy. And this is the thing now. I nowadays I probably be like whatever. But this is that is how what, the renewal vows gonna be? Whatever. No, okay. I'm like you. Like it's it's your day. I'm like okay. Yeah. Well, you just show up. But this is the thing that would make me mad today. Is if you're like, oh, this is your day. This is what okay. It's whatever you want to do. And then. When I don't ask for your opinion, you start giving me your opinion. And I'm like, oh. you know what? I'm going to need you to hold off on your opinions. Since you have me doing all this, all this work, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and, and need you to lay, lay off all okay. the opinions. <laughs> like, you don't want to be helpful. Don't be helpful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Either be helpful or be helpful. You know what, guys? We will, guys, we will give our opinion mm-hmm. or something. And wives do the opposite anyway so it's like why did you ask for my opinion That's, that <laughs> almost sounds like uh asking us what we want for dinner on the weekends but never mind <laughs> well you, no okay the audience don't know about our struggle when it comes to picking shannon something always shannon has a long laundry list of places he want to go shannon and shannon will swear up and down he don't care what we eat and then i'll say oh how about this he's like about this like oh my gosh but, okay audience look so the, the podcast is over but if you guys just want to listen to us talk really quick you can but if if not thanks for listening to black sitcom history i am okay. shannon okay and that's summer yeah. so there's <laughs> a lot of 
restaurants that I would like to try. And I don't care. But for some reason, she says she doesn't care, but some of the types of food I don't think Summer would try. So sometimes I tend not to mention these restaurants. But there uh, are a number of restaurants on the list yeah. that you know I okay. might try. So just just okay. pick those. And then another okay. Just uh, say those. Okay. Suggest the, those. The second part I'm going to blame on location. Not one to drive. Just yeah. flying around. Oh, somewhere. Something is flying around. <laughs> somewhere flying. Something's flying around. So it's location. And I'm sure there are a lot of restaurants locally. But everything I subscribe to, listen to when it comes to food and restaurants, everything's like on the west side. When I say on the west side, I'm meaning far like, away from where we are. Yeah, not, not far. It's not far, but, but not it's close. like if we go, I would like to drive and be there by like five, five thirty, and I want to be back home by like nine. And if I go to a restaurant that I've never been to, I like to try. A, a number of things on the menu. So I get with people so-called the itis and I don't want to drive home and I might have a drink. I'm just like, I got to drive home. But I think I'm going to change some of that because one of my good friends, he, he told me this years ago and he was like, Shannon, it's, it's the small things in life sometimes. And mm-hmm. sacrifice driving far and driving home on a full stomach. Um, if it was a good meal, I'm I'm happy, but I'm glad we went. We have to come more often, and then it's a a a, a different scenery as well. You know, it's 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 weird because California, you can tell what part of Southern California you're in. It's like different states almost. Like people conduct themselves differently in different areas of Southern California. Mm-hmm. You know, the West Side is congested. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of fancy cars. Um, people dressed a little different. The weather feels different. It's just it's, even it's in different. like even like beach cities, um, you know, South Bay Area beach cities, like Redondo Beach is different than Manhattan Beach. <laughs> yeah, in in a sense, you know, and then you have Orange County. Um, different areas of Orange County look different. different. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And like Manhattan Beach, I told you the other day that Manhattan Beach is the highest um, real estate. Real estate. Was it medium? Median price medium, per home? Yeah, per home. Mm-hmm. And in California, like mm-hmm. you can't, what they're trying to say is you can't get a house over in Manhattan Beach for under a million dollars. That's crazy, and that's like we. Well, I wouldn't want to walk, but we can definitely walk to Manhattan Beach if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it's like the next city over. It's like two cities two away cities from over, from, yeah. from where we are. But it's I don't know, man. California housing market makes it crazy. Yep. And I can't wait for somebody to take that needle and bust that bubble. Cause I'm ready to buy another house. I just can't wait, man. But yeah, summer. So, um, when we renew our vows, we're gonna invite our entire Black sitcom history audience. 
Yeah, all ten of them. Yeah, all ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can definitely, we can definitely, we can feed ten of you, but ten of you. Thank you for can, listening. And we're gonna have a, a, a what is it, a pinch of spirit? Pinch of spirit, yeah. To 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 do the the cakes and yep. all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for audience staying staying with us for that little bonus conversation. Have a wonderful that's, weekend, that's you summer all. Summer and I had. Yes, have yeah. a wonderful. And if you're weekend. here here in California, stay cool. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be back in the nineties. Yep. And all that good stuff. And do we have another debate? How are they going to do the um, the uh, debate? I, I don't. I don't know. I was confused. Uh, mm-hmm. Trump said that he didn't want to do a virtual debate, and Biden doesn't want to do one in person. That's the, that's the latest I've heard. So I don't know where where um, it's going to end up. But it's supposed to be. You know, this this week. Well, so, so we're we, you know we don't record these episodes on Friday. Mm-hmm. If you all hadn't figured that out, but <laughs> so the the debate might have happened already at by this point. Yeah. But yeah. So, okay. So well, well, my question was, mm-hmm. do do they have to have another debate? And like, is it mandatory? I feel like they don't really need to, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know what would be good? I think they should just both put on boxing gloves. No, that would not be good. And just, <laughs> just <laughs> see what happens. Mm, no, 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 no. You know, or play tic-tac-toe almost. <laughs> they are old. You going to have these old men up there boxing? No. Don't, don't play. Because <laughs> Trump, you know, he... He's swearing now. He probably could beat Biden up. He swear he's like better than ever. Yeah. He had right. Rona. Yeah. He had Rona. It. He's like, we, I beat it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What word like did Rocky. he use? He, hmm? What word did he use? I'm invisible. No. Invincible? I don't know what he I said. I think that's I what know. he said. Anyway. I don't think. Um, I don't remember what he said. Okay. Yeah, we're just talking. This is how Summer and I do sometimes. We just talk. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking right now. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Thumbs up to the people that, that stay with us. We'll yes. see you guys um, next, next Friday with season three of the Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Bye. Please. <laughs>